I'm Laura Max Rose, mother of two, and you're listening to Look Ma No Hands, my candid dispatches from the front lines of motherhood. I ask the real, tough, honest questions on motherhood-related topics that we're all wanting to know more about, in hopes it will make everyone's journey fulfilling, easier, and more joyful. If you're not a mom, welcome. I want you to know how happy I am that you're listening and that these topics can be applied to any season of life. I'm grateful you're along for the ride. Welcome back to Look Ma No Hands. You guys have no idea how happy and excited I am to be back in front of my microphone right now recording this for you. I have a candle lit on my left just so you know what it's like from over here. I just put on some hand lotion and took a deep breath and I just feel like I'm in my happy space and so grateful to be back with you. I was recently in Colorado for a month-long trip with my family, which was a road trip. So we drove 17 hours in each direction to get to Aspen, Colorado, where we stayed for an entire month, which is a 12th of an entire year. So it really felt like we were there for a while and we really settled in. And um, the drives in both directions, the one on the way there was easier probably than the one on the way back because we were going somewhere. We were anticipating a vacation. The car was clean. On the way back, we just had virtually no plan. We drove until we both felt like we were going to fall asleep. And then we pulled over into a hotel in Wichita Falls, Texas. So we drove until about three in the morning. And then we did the rest of the drive the next day, which is anybody knows who's ever taken a road trip, especially with children. The last day, even though it was far shorter, took the longest because there were just so many stops. And for some reason, that last hour just takes 100 years. And we finally got home the day before my oldest daughter's fourth birthday and also her first day of school. So she missed the first two days. She is doing an in-person school program, which I'm going to talk about on this episode. And it was just so crazy. I mean, I was awake that entire night before she before she had her school day the next day, just thinking about like what I was going to do to her hair and what outfit she was going to wear and feeling like I was going to oversleep my alarm. She starts her school day now between 7.50 and 8.10. That's when she needs to be at school. And up until now, she's been at a Montessori school, which started, you know, we could be there until nine o'clock, but it was still a very laxed situation. And uh, this is totally new to me. I thought I was a morning person, but this is a whole new level. And anyway, it's been a lot to adjust to. And again, I'm going to talk about all of those things on this episode. I thought I would do an episode today really on navigating um, feelings around back to school and especially going back to school in this time and checking in with you all about where I'm at navigating my feelings around the coronavirus. Um, As I can imagine, Maybe some of you can relate or maybe you can't, but this has just been such an unprecedented time for so many of us, and I thought maybe sharing some of my experiences would be helpful um, to anyone who is going through that um, right now. First and foremost, though, I just want to say thank you to one very, very special person in my life, the most special person who hopefully is listening to this right now and very surprised to hear it. But that person is my husband, who I would never be able to do any of this without. And uh, this podcast is called Look Ma No Hands because my hands are full and they certainly have been for the last month. I haven't even been able to get on here. But the only reason why I feel like I'm 
able to do this and the way that I'm able to do it is because of my husband's support and love and encouragement. Um, I was just in Colorado for a month and the whole time, you know, people would ask me what I did for work. And before I had my daughter, Violet, I was running a marketing company that was really doing well by all, by most standards. And um, the whole time I was running that company, I knew that eventually I wanted to be doing my own marketing um, for a podcast just like this one. And, um, you know, when people ask me what I do for work and I tell them that I host a podcast, I often feel a little bit uncomfortable. Um, I feel like somebody, you know, with this sort of childlike dream that's doing something really unconventional and I'm not sure how people will react to it. So sometimes I get a little bit shy and he just jumps right in there and tells everyone how proud he is of me and how big he thinks my podcast is going to be. And um, it just means the absolute world to me. And the only reason why I could find a minute even just to record this is because, you know, he took the girls out and is spending the afternoon with them, which he does so often. And I just feel like they're so lucky to have a father like him. And I don't even, I don't think he has any idea how incredible of a dad he is and how incredible of a husband he is. So this episode is dedicated to you, Ben, because I could do none of this in my life without you. And I'm so, so, so grateful for you. Um, So without any further ado, I'm going to go ahead and get started. So this whole time for the last, ever since coronavirus began, I have been preaching a similar tune around here, which is that I felt intuitively, and I had an astrologer come on and kind of basically confirm this. If you haven't listened to that episode, definitely give it a, give it a listen. Um, I have felt intuitively that this was a disruption that although incredibly tragic in many circumstances, has been something that we absolutely needed, that we were a runaway train um, going in a very bad direction. I mean, every couple of weeks, if not more often, we were hearing about a mass shooting, a school shooting. I often felt like I was going so fast I couldn't catch my breath, and that was becoming normal to me. I noticed that the people who were thriving in that type of culture like are the people who are having the hardest time now, um, are those who kind of had the have the hardest time slowing down, um, that in many ways it was just a wake-up call for so many of us. And I say that, and I'm not dismissing anybody's pain and suffering during this time. Um, I personally know many people who are as almost close as close can be to me who came down with the coronavirus, one person who struggled tremendously and almost did not make it. And I understand that the gravity of this situation is very real. And I have friends who have not left their homes at all because they have spouses who have preconditions that make them incredibly vulnerable to the coronavirus. I dismiss absolutely none of that. I zoom out and see how our society has changed. And up until very recently, I have felt like if we didn't slow down, our environment was going to flounder. Um, our children were going to be exposed to realities that none of us would ever want our children to be exposed to, and that there were a lot of things that we didn't even realize were detrimental to us that came to a halt. Um, All of our restaurants having to close down for however long, I would never think that a restaurant would be something that was causing us problems. I still don't, but there was something about having to have this giant pause that I will always feel we need it in some way because I can see the way 
I can see the way we've all changed. And nothing drove that home for me more than going to the movie theater for the first time when I was in Colorado. I couldn't believe it, but I was walking past my favorite and the only movie theater in Aspen, Colorado, and it was open. And I opened the door and I said, are you kidding me right now? If you know me, you know that the movies, I have cried actual wet tears over not being able to go to the movies because I went once or twice a week by myself or with my husband. It was just my favorite thing in the entire world. So I couldn't believe there was a movie theater that was open. They said, yes, this is our first day being open. There was one other woman who was going to see a movie. She was as big of a movie buff as me. And there were three movies playing. And one of them was the new movie Unhinged by Russell Crowe, which was made before any of this happened. And My husband actually came in with me, but he had to leave about 15 minutes in because it was just so jarring. He's really not a thriller person. And it was just really, really jolting and gory and gross. And um, I told him I would go meet him in a restaurant after because I knew it wasn't his thing at all. And it was really amazing because prior to the coronavirus, I had been going to the movies and um, Ben would always comment that the movies are often a reflection of the deepest feelings um, inside of our society. And so there was there were a ton of movies coming out about, you know, AI kind of going in a sour direction and um, just the general unrest in our society, how fast we were going, the shootings, the deaths, all of this. There was a lot of dystopia being reflected in the movies right before everything kind of got shut down. Um, the last season of 13 Reasons Why came out right before the shutdown So it was so interesting seeing this movie that was made right before we were all locked down because it was about road rage and it was about how fast we all go. And it was about just how dystopic essentially our lives were becoming. And um, it was just a horrific tale, to be quite honest, Um, one that I, for some reason, thoroughly enjoyed watching um, about road rage gone totally awry. And it was interesting because I was watching it and it seemed like a reflection of a world that we really no longer live in. That this movie wouldn't be made today. That this movie wouldn't make any sense today. Um, And that was amazing to me because it was not, it didn't feel like we were ever going to be going down a different path. And because of what has gone on in our society, it actually feels like we have pivoted and that we're not not paying attention. You know, the whole movie was about people not paying attention. There were all these vignettes of people getting into accidents on the road. There was real footage of people getting into accidents on the road when they were doing their mascara or on their cell phone. And it just generally feels like people are paying a lot more attention today than they were six or seven months ago. And I felt hope walking away from that and thinking, you know, I think the movies that are going to be made about the time that we're in now are going to be hopefully a lot more hopeful. Um, And as I surveyed people in Aspen while I was there, I was talking to people about how they felt about what's going on in our world right now. And just generally, I would say a lot of people felt like the year ahead, ideally, will be brighter than the one that we're in, perhaps because of the one that we're in. Um, And I have done many episodes about this. There's one recently with Brad Deitzer, along with the one with the astrologer that you might find interesting if you agree with if you agree with any of that. Um, But anyway, up until this point, I have definitely been on the side of this was necessary, um, even with all the pain that it's caused. 
Um, and I don't like that it was necessary, but it seems like it's um, ultimately going to be for the good. And then my daughter started school at her new school. So she is now attending a school that my husband went to when he was in high school. It's a K, it's a pre-K through 12 school. And we have been so excited to send her there. And in the last week, I have to tell you that it has really been driven home to me what we've lost. Um, my daughter goes to school with a mask on. And um, you can ask me if I like that, and I'll tell you no. Um, it's really not my favorite thing in the world. I decided that I would prefer to send her with a mask and to have her socialize and be with people her age and learn from other people during the day than to keep her at home. And I know that this is a decision that a lot of parents are either in the process of making or have already made right now. And I want to be completely forthcoming with you about my decision and why I made it, because I think there's a lot of judgment in this area of parenting and that it's paralyzing for a lot of parents. I hear people talk about that all the time, that this is like, Sophie's choice. It's just the worst, hardest decision they've ever had to make. And if I can be forthcoming and shameless with you about what I've chosen, I mean, I hope it makes you feel more comfortable with whatever it is that you end up choosing um, for yourself and for your children. And I just want to say that this is such a hard thing to navigate. And these are unprecedented times. And whatever decision you're making, I know comes from the place of greatest, best intention, and you're doing an amazing job. Um, so I just want to validate that for you. Um, so we made this decision because I felt I felt that school would be, the education would be more effective if she was in person. And she has been in a Montessori school up until this point, which ran over the summer, and she was in school with people her age in person. And because of their coronavirus protocol, they were really able to completely minimize the spread of the coronavirus. Um, I feel as though transmission is pretty low in very young children from what I've witnessed. And it felt like a safe environment for her and it proved to be one over the summer. And that was actually in a mask free. Her teachers were wearing masks and the administrators were wearing masks, but she was not. So when I found out that she was gonna be wearing masks in her new school, like so many parents, I expressed a lot of discomfort. And I, um, it's hard to see your little three or four year old now in a mask. Um, but I thought, you know what she wants to wear, <laughs> she wants to wear a mask when she looks at me. Um, she thinks it's cool and, um, it's harder for me than it is for her. And this is a temporary problem. They're going to be reevaluating whether or not the kids wear masks every six weeks. Um, and I just felt like these are the times we're living in and she has an option to be an in-person school. I feel comfortable and safe with that because of our experience over the summer at Montessori and I'm going to go ahead and send her. So, um, every day when she's gotten in the car after school, she's just glowing. She is having the best time being there. Um, and then I, as her mother, you know, I know things she doesn't. So she shares with me that they are pretty separated, that they give each other their own space for a majority of the day. They get to play together um, with more physical contact at recess. None of this bothers her. But right as a parent, this has been so hard for me because I'm hearing this and I'm thinking, gosh, are you going to be afraid of people being in your space for the rest of your life? Are you going to know that it's okay to hug people? Are you going to know when you need a hug? Are you going to know what your friends are thinking and feeling if you can't see their faces? 
Um, I think being able, you know, we seek validation as a, as adults in so many ways. Social media has become a huge way of seeking validation. And when we're children, we don't have any of those ways other than the looks on our friends' faces and our parents' faces. That's why Toni Morrison, she wrote the, my favorite thing that's ever been written or said about parenting, which was, when your child walks in the room, do your eyes light up? Um, I think about that all the time, that that's like the most important thing, that they can see that sparkle in your eyes. Do your eyes light up? And I told my husband that yesterday and he goes, we can, they can still see our eyes. She can still see our eyes. He thinks it's awesome that our kids haven't gotten sick in like six months. It's just crazy. They haven't had the sniffles. Um, and he said, you know, if this is the new normal that we're going to the movie theater and we're getting our temperature checked and people can't come into the theater if they're sick and I'm sitting next to somebody and I'm wearing a mask, like that's okay with me. Um, and I'm over here saying, you know, I, it makes me sad. I just started crying. I was, he asked me about how I was feeling about it last night and I just started crying. I had no idea I felt that much sadness, but I miss people's faces. I miss them. And, um, it makes me angry. It makes me angry that we have to wear them. Um, and I know a lot of people could hear that and just be like, why, why does it make you angry? Um, and a lot of people could hear that and completely relate. Um, I have friends on social media who just don't, believe in wearing masks and do not want to, they'll, they're like, fine, I won't go to a restaurant. I won't do any of this stuff if I have to wear one. I'm going to go. I'm going to participate in life. I This is the world that I live in, um, but I have all of these feelings and um, you know, they're not going to go away by just acting like they don't exist, that I'm completely fine to cover my face, cover my kid's face and act like none of this isn't crazy and sad. I mean, I see, I feel the sadness and the weight of it. And I hope that we find a way to get through this on the other side where we're not so far apart and we get to see each other's faces again. Um, I am hearing more people discuss this as though this is our new normal. And I interviewed Susie Redding recently and she said that phrasing just is too much for her. Um, and I totally related to that. I can't, I can't really swallow, um, that being the new normal. So I'm just taking that one day at a time. Um, and you know, I'm hoping, I'm hoping for the best. And in the meantime, I'm participating in whatever it is that our society needs in order to overcome this and have as few people as possible, um, get sick and suffer from COVID. So what else is going on around here? I took a four week long break from this podcast, totally unintentionally. And most people and myself very much included when you take a break from something that is considered work, it's a nice reprieve. But I have to tell you, taking a break from this is really not my favorite. This is something that gives me sanity that I love. So I don't anticipate taking this long of a break in the near, near future again. But taking one, although unplanned, helped me consider some things that I wouldn't have considered otherwise. Things that I want to do differently on here, different ways I want to format the show, and different types of people that I would like to interview. This is a podcast about motherhood, and for the most part, I have tried to stick to topics that are about motherhood or topics that are somehow related to motherhood and can be applied to motherhood. I find myself expanding the definition of what that means, and I try to trust my intuition and know that if it's something that feels interesting to me, it will hopefully feel interesting to you. So you will see on the upcoming episodes that I've been reaching out to some different types of folks and potentially doing some very different kinds of interviews. You might be surprised to hear this, but those closest to me know that my 
favorite celebrity on earth is Bill Maher. He hosts Real Time with Bill Maher. And if you've never watched his show, um, Democrat, Republican in the middle, whatever you are, what I love the most about him is that he speaks his mind no matter what. So he'll interview people who are as famous as you could possibly be. And he asks them the tough questions and he tells them that he disagrees with them. And I think no matter what side of the aisle you are on, there is something valuable, precious, and rare about that personality trait. Um, We don't have nearly enough people anymore who are willing to express disagreement, say something that's out of line. And that's something that I love about him. And I love that about his interview style. I don't always agree with him, but I love that he doesn't care. (laughs) That means so much to me in this world of people who are constantly pandering. And um, I find myself sometimes agreeing in areas that I don't agree. When When I listen with a critical eye to episodes of the show, I have certainly... Um, in an effort to make people comfortable, um, agreed with things that I don't necessarily agree with or made it sound as though I do. And going forward, I would like to have people on this show who I can disagree with, who I can have conversations with that are perhaps a little bit more um, honest and controversial and um, educational in that way. So some of the people that I have been reaching out to and that you will be hearing from soon are people that I will hopefully be able to have those kinds of conversations with. And uh, I am excited about that. I went to journalism school having no idea that I would ever be a mother. um, And the people that I want to interview don't necessarily fall into that category. But I know that when I hear from you and um, you express to me what it is that you want to hear about, oftentimes it does fall out of that category. So um, I'm excited for what I have coming up and what I have to bring to you during this time. So that's it. It's actually a very short episode for you guys this week, but I have more coming up for you very soon, which I will be working on this week. So you'll have longer episodes featuring interviews, which you could enjoy, but I did not want to let another week go by without checking in with you, letting you know I'm alive, getting back to my microphone, which just makes me so happy. And I am so excited to work on these upcoming episodes. Um, and get more Look Ma No Hands into your earbuds and your speakerphones. I so appreciate your support and kindness and love and subscribing to Look Ma No Hands, sharing it with your friends. I can't wait to share what I have up around the corner with all of you. And I'm thinking of you during this time, during back to school. Remember that as hard as this is for our kids, it's also really hard for us. These adjustments back to schedules, homeschooling, whatever it is that you're doing, Um, As you are parenting during this time, don't forget about you. Um, I think it starts with us, really, in our families. It starts with mom. It starts with dad. It starts with um, the top of the family tree, having full tanks and being able to give our children what they need. And when we're going through a really hard time, I think it can be really hard to remember that and uh, be patient with yourself, be gentle with yourself. These are... (laughs) Again, unprecedented, if I can't use that word enough times, and you're doing an amazing job. I'm so grateful to have you as a listener, and I look forward to joining you again next time. I'm Laura Max Rose, and you've been listening to Look Ma No Hands. Thank you for joining me for another episode of Look Ma No Hands. I'm Laura Max Rose, and you can follow me on Instagram at Laura Max Rose to stay up to date on upcoming episodes and the behind the scenes of my life with my own two daughters. If you like this episode and are enjoying Look Ma No Hands, the best way you can help me spread the word is to leave a review on Apple Podcast. This is the single best way to help me reach a larger audience and share these conversations with everyone who needs to hear them. If you love something you just heard, you can also take a screenshot of the episode and share it on social media. There might be someone you know who needs to hear what you just heard, and that's another great way to make sure they do. 
Thank you for joining me every week. I'm grateful for each and every one of you. More next time. Mama, 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 mama,